Welcome to Break It Down, a ScanSource podcast brought to you by Cisco. On this podcast, we take complex tech topics and break them down for the non-tech listener with your hosts, Gabby, Ian, and Kyle. It is another edition of Break It Down, Cisco-sponsored podcast. It's Friday. We're feeling a little bit goofy, but also feeling not so trustworthy because that's what I wanted to talk to you guys about today. A little zero trust conversation. I thought this was going to be therapeutic. I thought you were going to share some things with us about your inability to trust. Yeah. I mean, we may get there because... When it comes to security, there's things to be shared with me. So (laughs) we may very well get there in the next 20 minutes or so. Well, let's do it. We're on part three of cybersecurity. We made the the reference last time that the sequel is never as good as the original. I think the part two was just as good as part one. So we set the bar pretty high. This could be the fast and the furious of our podcast. We got at least six more to go, huh? That's six right. more to go. We'll have some people leave. We might have new, you know, The Rock may make an appearance around uh, the fifth episode of Cybersecurity. Stay tuned. <laughs> <laughs> so zero trust, though. I've heard it called perimeterless security. Is that a thing? Yeah. Okay. And then in getting ready for this episode, you mentioned that it's actually not a technology, but more of an approach. Zero trust, meaning that, any outside access to your your protected or your data is protected. You trust no one, not, not even the frequent user. You trust no one. So we always dive into alphabet soup, but we talked a little bit in the in the green room about multi multi factor authentication or FMA. Nope, still can't say it. MFA, multi factor authentication. The point is uh, for any device or user connecting to your network to access your data, uh, always challenge that user for credentials, always challenge with challenge questions. Again, never assume, trust no one, no device that's trying to access your the edge of your network. So MFA is a zero trust solution. But not all zero trust solutions are MFA. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. So uh, there's lots of ways for remote users to connect to, uh, you know, in the, in the business world, remote users to connect to corporate data or sensitive data. VPNs are one. We, we've talked about a lot of these technologies uh, over the series, over the podcast series. But the, the key with zero touch approaches is that you're doing real time validation of the connection and that there's no history between the data and the device or the data and the user. So yeah, those those challenges when you log into Amazon from your phone or from a new computer and it says, oh, we don't recognize this device, not only do you need to provide your password, but you also need to click which of these pictures has a fire hydrant in it. But then we also need to know. Well, those are so tough now. Yeah. We need to know the name of the. If you get the little bit of the fire hydrant that's in the corner. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. I just They're saw that name. I'm yep. terrible at them. Yeah, it's it's so embarrassing when you fail one and you're like, really, I couldn't select the fire hydrants, but you know, it's like all the ones that have trains. And you're like, well, that's a trolley. Does that count? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Getting harder. Yeah. Can we make them? He's like, yeah. Can we at least make them like simpler for my dumb brain? Like. 
frame, yes or no? It's still better than the uh, captcha, are you a robot, uh, type these yes. letters. And then I'm no, thinking, well, lowercase, uppercase? <laughs> is that a, what? I can't tell what that is. Is that an L? How long do I have to hold down the E key to get that yeah. symbol to pop up there? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, so you have those, those methods uh, of authentication to get in, but then you have the the security questions, the challenge questions, what what's the first street you lived on, all that stuff, right? So that that's uh, if we already create continuity between the podcasts, we talked a good bit about social engineering on the last one, and and we all talked about uh, how often we use Facebook and that we're okay with the uh, the convenience of social media platforms and we're willing to share. And Ian said he clicks on every free gym in uh, GEM gym ad on Facebook. If he can provide his Facebook credentials and get free in-game currency, he does like all of that stuff. We talked about it, right? But if you just think about Facebook as a source of information about you, I could probably make educated guesses at every one of your multi-factor authentication challenge questions just by looking at your Facebook profile, kids' names and street you lived on and all that kind of crazy stuff, right? So yeah, it's. uh, the, the more we share, the less secure we are. Well, especially because like every once in a while, there'll be one of those like viral figure out your Harry Potter name by telling us the first street you lived on, your mother's maiden name and your favorite color. And it's like, OK, this is someone just clearly social engineering. That's your, right. Your, that's, a, that's, your, that's exactly right. Yeah. Yeah. No, feel good that your name is, you know, whatever. So I have a couple questions on Zero Trust. And my questions got smarter the more you talked. So we'll start with the dumbest, if that's okay. Okay, great. So question one is zero trust seems like a great solution for potential like loss prevention. If you were to leave, if you're traveling and you lose your phone or you leave the company laptop in a taxi. That's right. Yep. So that's one way of, uh, of disconnect, not only just like in the, uh, the reactive method of securing the data, that's a proactive method of securing your data by using systems essentially to um, disconnect that device. But yeah, you're, you're never going to, you're not going to remotely access my phone when I leave the company and just delete data off of it, but you can remove my access to data. Yeah. I mean, so that, that feels like one of the more elementary uses of this. Where I started thinking, as you mentioned, Amazon is really this is a cloud security function and people accessing secured data from unsecured devices, different devices, maybe not company managed devices, and this providing some sort of authentication that they are not a bad actor. Yeah, it's almost like securely accessing the service edge. It's almost like sassy. We should do a podcast on sassy. We have one. Uh, <laughs> no, you're exactly right. It's uh, I read something interesting today that said cyber attacks have been around longer than the internet, and I thought, uh, you know, actually, yeah, technically, I guess they have because anytime data is stored on a computer and somebody wants access to the data, that hacking attempt is a cyber attack. We just made cyber attacks synonymous with cloud and the internet. But yeah, this, uh, you know, zero touch, um, all, all these methods we talked about in the Sassy podcast of, uh, of creating the edge of a network and securing the access to the edge of the network. Um, 100% a, a current cybersecurity concern and a method for addressing cybersecurity attacks 
because of all of the data we have in the cloud. So I did a little bit of research for this episode. Forrester talks about zero trust with three pillars and it's workforce, which is kind of what we've talked about. Work, I'm going to skip the middle one because I'm going to come back to it. (laughs) Workplace, which we've kind of talked about in a general sense, but I want to come back to. But then workloads. So workloads is kind of the other side of the equation, it seems like, where we're protecting like the, like the, we're preventing access, but from like the, is it from an internal side or am I just thinking about this stupid and it's the same thing just from a different viewpoint? The more that our compute moves to the cloud, that becomes essentially an off-net workload. So I haven't read this specific Forrester article you're referencing, but I would assume that those that's the element of, or that's the pillar they're referring to there, that you have workforce being users, workplace being the, the let's call it on-prem side of your data, and, uh, and distributed workload to me is cloud compute. It's it's data. It's uh, it highlights applications a lot. It, yeah, apps talking to databases. When we talked about edge compute, we talked about moving access to data to the compute resources to as close to the user as you can get. Uh, those, whatever that is, a knock or or some kind of uh, small data center, that's a security risk. And so, not trusting things that look like off-net data centers is part of zero trust. Okay, I like that. You kind of answer my next question on workloads, the workplace as well. So I've heard this term a lot recently, passwordless security. Is that a zero trust synonym? Does that get into multi-factor authentication? Is that a component of zero trust solutions or approaches? I think it's different. I, I think it's different than all those. So the way I interpret that is the if you're a Google Chrome user, you frequently uh, get a pop-up in Chrome that says your passwords have been uh, breached or something. And we re- oh, we highly, yeah. recommend, highly recommend that you change your yeah, password. Yeah, I have about 13 breached passwords currently. Right. So. What you just described is at the core of what's called credential stuffing. So if you get access to one of Gabby's passwords and it's the same password for 200 sites, you can now (laughs) stuff her credentials into a bunch of different sites. So, yeah, so the password list protection is that's specifically that it goes back. It's another callback to the convenience factor. We all have password keychains on our mobile devices. We hit the save password button when it pops up when we uh, type a password into a site when we go to it because we don't want to have to remember it. And, oh, by the way, every site seems to have different minimum requirements for a password, uppercase letters, uppercase letters. Total sidebar. They need to start putting, when they're like, hey, enter your username and password, there needs to be fine print underneath being like, hey, we're a website that requires you to have a capital letter, a symbol, and a minimum character length of 10, because I change passwords based on what the requirements are, and I don't know what your requirements are. Yep. So I use my three shots to enter my password correctly on trying to figure out which version of my password or <laughs> password oh, I, I use. Know. And then I get locked out, and I know, and then I have to reset the password, and then it tells me you already used this password. Yeah, I know I used that password, but I didn't know I did because I didn't know the requirements. <laughs> Yeah. No, it's awful. Like, how many hours a week do I spend resetting passwords? I feel like too many. I mean, it's all the time. I just got a new phone, 
And I like literally my Gmail is just filled with password reset requests because it's I don't know any of them. Oh, it's the worst. Which I guess Face ID is a passwordless security, right? Yep. We so we haven't we haven't gotten into that. I was talking to somebody the other day in the office about how soon we're going to get away from actually carrying a device with any of our personal information on it. We have chips in our necks or we'll go hungry. Sign, I mean, we said it before on um, the show. Sign me up. That's right. Yeah. yeah. Please, I'm ready. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, so the hackers would love to have that little display at the bottom of a password box on a website that says, by the way, our minimum requirements include one capital password or capital letter, because then that limits yeah, the, no, I get that. the number <laughs> of attempts they have to make. Yeah, I know. But from a convenience standpoint, I'm with you. And there's nothing more frustrating to me than getting to the type in your new password and it telling me that I've already used that password because it's probably the one that I've just mistyped three times. It's probably the exact same password. Yes, ex- exactly. And if I had known what I know now about what you require for this website, I would have known what password it was. That's, yep, yep. But, so, I'm kind of cutting you off, but passwordless seems like the future. Well, I mean, the securing of them, uh, yes. I'd love to get away from using text passwords, period. Yeah. But like a lot of laptops have biometric screening on them now, like a little biometric scanner on them. Yep. It, I assume, saves money, Is like long term for IT organizations because our, you know, IT help desk doesn't have to deal with a thousand people a day picking up the phone and saying, I got locked on my computer today because <laughs> I don't know my password. Guilty of that. And their time can be better spent or reallocated. Is it more secure? And you're point it's more secure because i actually just saw this on the duo website shout out to duo 80 percent of hacking breaches involve password stuffing yeah that's really? a wild statistic yeah i'm at risk of, i think <laughs> gabby is 79 of the 80 i really right need there. to go change all my passwords after this recording and she is the poster child of uh of password do. stuffing credential stuffing yeah and the, this is uh, now I'm just stealing Duo's website's benefits. I, the first one was my own thought. They actually have it on here, but it was my own thought. I want credit for that. But it talks about user experience too, which is what we just talked about. With the average user must log in with about 190 different passwords. Wow. So let's say that I mean some of those 190 are probably the same, right? Because that's 190 times that you're entering passwords into websites. But a lot of those aren't the same, and so that's where like. That's a lot of different variations and, and things to remember that I'm not smart enough to do. So I'm all for this. I'm going right now to see how many passwords I have saved. Oh, it doesn't give me a number at the top. No, I think they, that seems like a security thing. Yeah. <laughs> I might be uh, challenging Gabby here. I, I think I've got more than 200. Well, that was only 200 breach. The breach, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, just the one <laughs> it was like you have 350 saved 200 were breached before this podcast hits the air i'm gonna go click good uh, clear all passwords out of chrome yeah i should probably do that i feel like we're just inviting bad actors yeah so on that note let's get full circle so we have an idea of what zero trust is we have an idea of what password this is where does multi-factor authentication come in? And I guess passwordless could be one of those factors. Yeah, I think, again, I think multi-factor authentication is 
a way of implementing a zero touch or uh, zero trust security policy. And to, that's all software, right? That's software uh, application that uh, customers, partners can help deploy uh, at, in customers' networks to challenge those devices when they connect. Now, we again, the, the Amazon example I used earlier, normally I get challenged once per device. It'll expire in a couple of months and I'll get challenged on the same device again. But between those two expirations, uh, I don't get challenged again. That's not zero trust. So at some point, because I answered things correctly, my device became a trusted device. So uh, multi-factor authentication is not new. That's been around for a while, but it's uh, it's not going anywhere. It's just another method. So Cisco Duo, yep. which I use a hundred times a day, and my fiance, my wife, excuse me, company actually just uh, <laughs> they just got Duo as well, and it's. One, it, it's, it is. It's, so it is uh, multi-factor authentication or whatever we want to call it, zero trust, where like I have to use my duo kind of push to approve notification. I'm sure there's a better word than this. I'm going to do a cringing as I explain this. <laughs> Multiple times a day, though. So it, it's different things. And I think it's an 18-hour. Like you can, hey, for this app, I can use it for 18 hours without having to like redo duo. But it's different based on everything right so like you know the cisco.com I, my login i think i got one and then once i get to you know a, a, the marketing portal is another so there's kind of different layers of it that all have obviously different timers on them so yeah i only have to do 18 hours for this thing but then i have to do 18 hours for that thing and that might be i might have logged into that two hours before i did the other one so that is zero trust correct yeah that's all part of that zero trust policy is how long do you I mean, it's a, if it's truly zero trust, then it should never allow you any number of hours in between the time it challenge you. That's zero trust. But what what you're talking about is soft trust. I don't even know if that's a thing. If so, I want naming rights. But so it defaults to zero trust. There is a button I can click to get it to be as yep. you called it soft trust. Yeah, and, and then the network administrators are the ones that are allowing that period of time to elapse between challenges, because they think that that's a reasonable amount of time for you, the user, to be using that device or using that connection, and they're okay with the the risk of not challenging it again. But yeah, o- overnight, twenty four hours, a, a week, like all those things are lo- really long times in the cybersecurity world. So. In real zero trust, you're going to limit the exposure to uh, that data. Yeah. So why Cisco Fire Duo? Today's episode is sponsored by Cisco Marketing Velocity. Marketing Velocity helps partners grow their revenue and engage customers through innovative marketing strategies. With campaign planning, educational learning, and more, Cisco helps you reach new customers, increase profitability, and bring value to your business. 